Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Book of Joe podcast is a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, welcome back to the Book of Joe podcast. And I know, Joe, you and I are really looking forward to our conversation with our next guest, Jason Haywood. I know you've had a lot of players that you've managed, Joe, but this has got to be one of your favorites, huh? That is true. And, and he and I have spoken about this in the past. And uh, Jay, just so you know, a big part of our, our broadcast right now, our podcast is try to um, get and connect with the uh, glue guys, guys that we consider the glues, uh, the glue component within a team. And when we when we came up with this concept originally, your name was kind of front and center. Um, and again, uh, Jay Hay, um, he's the guy that uh, always put the team ahead of his own personal feelings. That's something that I gathered from you from the very beginning. And uh, that's a really big reason why guys and players are drawn towards you. But anyway, uh, welcome to our show. You're a true glue guy, and I just wanted you to know that's part of the the premise here today. Awesome. No, I appreciate you guys having me and, uh, you know, considering me as a a glue guy. You know, when I think of baseball and my 13-year career, you know, I think of, you know, when I think of Tom Verducci, Joe Madden, you know, these are people that are around a lot of important baseball games, a lot of important baseball thoughts, and, you know, I see both of you guys in playoff baseball as well. So, no, it's, it's awesome to join you. Well, Jason, uh, yeah, we, um, we're going to dive into the glue guy effect really quickly here. But I got to give you your props, too. 13-year career, as you mentioned. Five gold glove awards. That's rare company. And this is the other thing I looked at. Jason compiled more than 1,400 hits, 150 homers, and 100 stolen bases. Now, there's been 22,000 or so major league players across history, and only 156 have reached those levels. That is, by my math, less than 1% of all players. So we're going to get into the glue, but this guy could play too, Joe. Absolutely, um, and that's, that's part of it. Uh, Jason, um, the thing that he was able to do, he turned around games with his glove also, and, and you kind of alluded to it within those numbers, um, just his instincts for the game on the bases, in, in, in the outfield, on defense, uh, i.e. the catch that he made in San Francisco a couple of years ago in that Death Valley in right central. Big hits. I mean, big hits, big moments. And one of the things, Jay, 
I wrote at the very end of, of uh, my notes for today is that there was no no moment too big for you. That's how I felt. I, I regardless if you were on a street kidding wise or not, uh, regardless of that, I I told you this. I've always felt better when you were on the field for us. I felt uh, uh, a better chance of winning just because of the impact you had on the people around you. So those numbers are reflective of that, I believe. It's the ability to play the complete game of baseball. And I think that's something you've taken pride in, and that's something that I really appreciated about you. Oh, man. No, I, I appreciate that, fellas. The uh, the numbers and, and the stuff, but, you know, but behind the scenes. Um, you know, it's, it's really been a pleasure, and I've been fortunate enough to obviously be on a lot of good teams that, that put winning first. But I've just been fortunate enough my whole life playing baseball, like set out every single day to win and – I mean, a lot of numbers come from that, but, you know, just a, a lot of good vibes, a lot of, you know, overcoming a lot of adversity uh, comes from that as well. So it's that's just been who I am and, and what I love about the game. That's something I was uh, uh, thought about or wondering about too, Jay. Um, innate. Was this innate uh, when you were a kid growing up? But where did you really establish this method of player, this, this team attitude first? Uh, was it um, uh, a particular person, somebody that inspired you? Uh, how did you arrive at this particular point where you understood and realized the importance of putting team first? Well, at seven years old, I feel like I was really fortunate to learn the game um, from from a coach we had. His name is Ricky Archer. I want to say he played college ball at Columbus, um, at a college in Columbus, Georgia. But he taught us like the game, the base running, to know like how many outs there are before each play. Um, you know, just the sixth sense type of things, you know, how to get a lead, how to play defense and and where literally every position had to be on the field. So learning that at seven years old and then the very next year at eight years old, our team won the Roberto Clemente double ABC World Series. And we had to travel to Denver, Colorado uh, fr- from McDonough, Georgia to go play in that World Series. Uh, it was just winning at a very early age. And then every year after that, I craved more and more and more. Um, you know, from having a group that held each other accountable, wanted to play the game the right way and had a lot of fun going out there and just competing your ass off. And, you know, the results were the results, but you knew every day you put your best foot forward to try to win. And then lastly, growing up in Georgia, watching the Atlanta Braves, and then my mom being from New York, Yankees and Braves being my two favorite teams growing up in the 90s. I just had a lot of reinforced watching teams win. That's great. I mean, I I really thought that it had to have been impacted upon you when you were very young and you just validated all that. Very cool. Yeah. And I'm wondering, too, Jason, once you get to the big leagues, because you got there at a very young age, who were the ones that you considered to be mentors that even if it wasn't something somebody talking to you by watching them how to be a professional and how to be a team player that you learn some things about that at a young age? I will say in in the very beginning, being 20 years old, 2010, um, I was fortunate to have a group of vets. Um, Eric Henskis, Brian McCann, Chipper Jones, um, Tim Hudson, Derek Lowe's, Martin Prado, um, David Ross was there, of course, uh, just to name a few guys, Billy Wagner. Um, took me under his wing, Troy Gloss. But outfield-wise and then everyday player-wise, uh, I got to give so much credit to Michael Bourne. Um, we got him in a trade with Houston in 2011. So he played with us that half of the season and then the full t- 2012. He just really allowed me to sit back and, and learn how to be a big leaguer every day, um, how to move on and off the field, how to get your work done, you know, how to be a professional. And, and he's one of the most positive people I know. 
So it was just another reinforcement for me of everything that I that I had learned and enjoyed about the game uh, at this level. Does that come right down to the point where you came off the field, off of defense, gunning back to the dugout that you would always tap gloves with the other outfielders? Yeah, I mean, we just – I don't even remember where that started. That might have even started in high school, um, you know, with, with the teams that I played with in East Cobb. Okay. Because – uh, being a 15, 16-year-old uh, playing for the East Cobb Astros, you played against the best of the best in the country every single year. And that, that meant you're playing against, you know, 18 and under teams where guys are committed to college and whatnot and they're going to be draft picks. Um, just a lot of camaraderie in those, those games. And just to paint a picture, my uh, junior summer uh, playing for the Astros, our team, we went 96 and 4. <laughs> You know, and, and that's obviously that's, you know, that's a lot of damn baseball uh, to right. be in high school, but there was mm-hmm. so much competition. And so I just took certain things from from those teams and the winning teams over the years and just always were a part of me. That's incredible. That's an incredible record. Go ahead, Tommy. You know, Joe, I, re- I remember Jason writing a story about Jason that rookie year, and he was telling me stories about playing more than 100 games as a kid growing up. We're talking about as an adolescent or even younger. I was blown away by it. The baseball world was changing, the whole travel business, and guys really diving in and getting opportunity to play a ton of baseball. Um, and obviously, Jason played at a high level. And what's interesting, and this is really close to my heart, Jason has really made, come, made it come full circle. He has now built a baseball academy, the Jason Hayward Baseball Academy, in Chicago, in North Austin neighborhood on the west side. 150,000 square feet to serve what really had been underserved communities and when it comes to opportunities to play sports in general, but baseball specifically. Um, and it's just a wonderful thing that he's doing to get back. And I, Jason, I want you to ex- explain, obviously it's close to your heart. Um, and Chicago now does seem like it's your adopted hometown. When did this idea take root in your mind to do something like this? Oh, I appreciate you asking me about that, Tom. Um, so 2020 was a different year for obviously all of us around the world. Um, but athlete wise, it was really cool in Chicago to come together with some athletes from other sports. Um, and, and it's a small world and everything happens for a reason. I believe in that. Um, Steven Souza, who I played one season with uh, in 2020, and he introduced me to Sam Acho, who played for the Bears for a little bit, um, played for a couple different teams. But Sam introduced me to this nonprofit called By the Hand Club, and they do charter schools. And through their program, they, you know, by the hand, they take kids from pre-K to elementary to middle school, on to high school, and then on to college and, and into a profession and, and stay with them in one of the toughest communities in this country and in, in the neighborhood of Austin. Um, so we had the opportunity to go into that community on the west side of Chicago um, we went into some healing circles, you know, there was you know, some social injustice things that going on at, at that time and just wanted to bring some peace there with kids in, in that community. But they brought the idea of letting us know they were wanting to start a sports facility in North Austin. And they asked me to be, be the head of the baseball part of, of this facility. And, you know, it didn't take long for me to say, yeah, like I want in. Um, they were very organized, had this very well thought out. They had the land and, and they've been acquiring land over time. And once they shared their vision, I said, I'm, I'm absolutely uh, want to be a part of this to start something different. Um, 
I saw these communities in, in Chicago, especially, you know, in, in a year like 2020, where a lot of people were hurting. Um, not to say that's the first time they've been hurting, but it was just, you know, an opportunity for us to not have a job at the moment and go actually break bread with these people. Um, to put a facility over there, give them a community center where that's that's not a normal thing. You know, th these families don't have they, they have more liquor stores in their communities than they do grocery stores um, and, and places to convene as communities. So that's a big part of why I wanted to to be in this facility. But then again, just starts with opportunity to you know, give kids somewhere to go to to have some accountability, to build some some team sport, you know, character, some, some incentive to have somewhere to go that they can take pride in their community. Um, but then lastly, I got to say um, the way this community in Austin, the kids and, and the parents, you know, reacted to things like this, the positivity, I'm interested to see them make it their own and see what comes from it. That's pretty impressive, man. I, I, I knew of it, but I didn't realize to what extent And your explanation is, is beautiful, man. Um, I, uh, I, listen, I've known you for a while. I didn't realize how deeply all this ran with you. And it's really impressive to hear you explain yourself that well. I appreciate it. Yeah, this it. is this is the uh, yeah. the Cubs 2022 Roberto Clemente nominee, and that's mm -hmm. that's one of the biggest awards you can be nominated for in baseball, and well deserved. So we can't talk Jason Hayward without talking about Game Seven 2016 World Series, and we'll do that right after a quick break. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. People don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings. That frustrating thing your mom does. Or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest. Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger. Talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. And BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Book of Joe today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Book of Joe. Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's full regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melon. Melon Serum. This next generation serum has the power of Melon Leaf stem cell technology. It's Melon Leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty system for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com business 
It's all the things that keep this world turning. And behind every one of these companies is a partner helping to keep it all moving. It's why the local flower shop and your favorite pizza joint, the startup and the stadium, hospitals and hotels, banks and restaurants nationwide, all choose the advanced network, cybersecurity solutions, and round-the-clock trusted partnership from Comcast Business, the company that powers more businesses than anyone else. Comcast Business, powering possibilities. Restrictions apply. Call or visit ComcastBusiness.com to learn more. Welcome back to the Book of Joe podcast. We're joined by our special guest, Jason Hayward. And Jason, I mentioned that 2016 Game 7 World Series. Uh, how often does that game come up around fa- uh, fans for you? <laughs> no, that, uh, that, that Game 7, it, it, it comes up. It comes up enough, right? <laughs> like just, and and I just say that because Joe, you know how it is with with Cubs fans that they're they're so appreciative and grateful that we got it done. Yep. Um, but you know, some of them are just kind of tickled to know like all the little intricacies of of our journey there. And you know, when it comes up, you know, I'm I'm happy to you know talk about it. But I know that only the people that were there in that room in that moment and and everyone that was you know obviously a, a part of our group only we can feel you know, all those moments and, and leading into a game seven, which was crazy in Cleveland. Yeah. I mean, the way that I've, I've asked about it often, uh, also, uh, just, we, we, we've been on kind of a book tour too. And I get that question a lot, <laughs> but I, my re my recap of it is I was, uh, when that occurred, the rain started to come on down. I'm walking in, in that dugout in Cleveland downstairs and then upstairs. And all you guys are peeling off to the right. And I go upstairs and I'm talking with, uh, uh, Jed Hoyer just looking at the rain uh, situation on the uh, iPad. And then uh, somebody said, yeah, Jason called the team meeting downstairs. And to me, and this is my explanation, it was so appropriate that you would do that and not me. Uh, the, the peer component of all this to me is what really stands out. And it also indicates the respect that you had among the group. I don't think there was anybody else there at that time capable of um, uh, even having the thought of drawing them all into the room simultaneously like that and come across with the message that you delivered. So as a manager, I'm eternally grateful for that moment because I believe, I really truly believe this sincerely, that it had uh, as great an impact on anything that we did that night in regards to us winning that World Series. No, I I appreciate that. And I mean, being there and and being there from our Cubs convention starting in January of 2016 to that last game, I I know you're not blowing smoke there, Joe. Uh Um, just, just from you know the, the journey we all had, um, you know everyone in that room knew that I wasn't just getting people together to to step in and and, and be a rah rah guy or anything like that. It wasn't about me. Um, you know I just wanted to remind them that look, this is this is the baseball season, and we all go through ups and downs, and and no one's handled those ups and downs the way we have throughout the year. Like we've done that better than any other team, and I said, and we're not going to stop now. You know, like we we play this game a certain way. You know, we, we handle adversity, you know, a certain way. And we're going to go out there and, and do this our way, the way the Cubs do. We laugh at it. We laugh at those challenges. And, you know, we don't care about the result. Like, we wanted to get that W and and end the curse, whatever. But more importantly, just, you know, to win a ring. Um, but still, I really believe that we had to do it our way and, and not focus on, you know, a moment that's already passed us by. We just had to focus on what was in front of us and the opportunities we still had and, I mean, I, I tell people every time the right people were in the room. You know that that doesn't happen with that group without that group. That really illustrates everything I talked about, about regarding. Uh, don't forget the heartbeat, and I really think that that moment that 
uh, we achieved there that night when you went into that room with the guys, that really brought that to the forefront for me because everybody's always looking for these analytical methods of winning a baseball game or numerical methods of winning a baseball game. And a lot of times we're forgetting the human element. And right there, it's, it cannot be illustrated more uh, prominently than what happened that night with you and the boys. Uh, the human element, the, the, the appealing to emotion and thoughts and, and even the strategic plan that we had set out from the beginning of the year uh, regarding how we're going to approach the day. Um, things are going to go awry. One of the first things we talked about in the team meetings prior to the playoffs beginning to expect something bad to happen, and it's going to happen. And when something bad does happen, what's going to set us apart is how we react to that moment. So this is the kind of stuff that I don't think gets enough play because everybody believes teams win just based on numbers. Teams win based on personalities, uh, really good baseball players, character, and being able to handle difficult moments in a way that's unique to that particular group. And that really, that's not forgetting the heartbeat, and that's what happened on that particular night. And probably as a manager, that's what I'm most proud of, uh, reflectively, reflectively looking back on that uh, 2016 World Series. No, absolutely. And uh, I just want to say, you know, on, on the show and why we have this open forum, which I think is awesome, um, you know, with this group of people. But, you know, Joe, those were things that you were preaching from, you know, day one, um, you know, when, when I signed with the team. And you also, you know, will tell us first that you don't like to have a lot of meetings. You know, you don't you don't like talking at us. You want us to kind of police ourselves and that, but you know, to, to build our own, you know, gelling and, and mojo or swag or whatever you want to call it. And, you know, I feel like you were always saying those exact words that you, you know, that you just finished speaking on, you know, who can handle the, the, the toughest moments, the best and, and overcome those. But I feel like it's very easy to miss that. You know how it is. I mean, your manager's talking, you got a great team. We won 103 regular season games, yeah. super easy to, to overlook that. But, when we had that moment right there, we needed it the most. And, and you've always been consistent with that. Appreciate it. Um, let me ask you this too, because I mean, I'm listening to, to your child that I didn't even realize we go back to seven, eight years old to really uh, establish this, this method of operation, uh, this mm-hmm. team spirited kind of a method uh, there, at any point uh, from that moment on seven through the point you got to the Braves and eventually Cardinals and the, and the Cubs, was there a moment, a struggle, kind of a moment there where you uh, kind of doubted yourself, you were confused with things that you may have actually considered taking a different course. I'm always interested in that because I think a lot of successful people, Uh when they retrace their existence, they're going to go back to different moments in their career where the struggle occurred and, and they have to make decisions and you kind of doubt what you're doing right now. Did that ever arrive for you? Because from what I'm hearing, and it seems to be that you were pretty much um, devoted to a particular uh, method of thinking or line mm-hmm. without any real uh, doubt in your head. So was there that struggle moment that, that you really were considering doing something else possibly? Well, fortunately, I think that's one thing that comes with winning. Uh, you know, it covers up a lot of things, but mm-hmm. I've been on winning teams every step of the way, and I never doubted myself. Um, I knew the game was going to be hard. I expected to fail. Uh that's, you know, it wasn't cliche for me. They say with baseball, you fail more times than you succeed. Well, I truly believe that. And and so that gave me a sense of peace, the fact that I knew I was going to go out on the field every day to help my team win, to put that best foot forward. And over time, that's what happened. You know, I saw those things play out. Did a lot of winning things on the field, um, off the field with teammates. And so I never, I never had an opportunity to doubt myself and that I just knew that when I'm 14 years old, um, you know, I said I want to play baseball professionally. I step on the field with 18-year-olds, and they're all throwing 95, 96, 7, 8, 
right? Mm-hmm. The field got a little bit bigger. Bases got bigger. The fences get taller and, and players are stronger. I know like, hey, if you want to do this, it's, it's put up or shut up. Mm-hmm. So I enjoyed that challenge. And uh, like I said, just obviously w- winning helps cure a lot of doubts. Absolutely. Tom? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just as to me, I'm sort of a neutral observer in that game seven story you're going through, Jason. I was in the dugout as a reporter for Fox and I saw how down the Cubs were after the Indians came back and tied that game. And I also saw a completely different team that came back into the dugout. I, now, I didn't know that you had held that meeting, Jason. I just knew the team sounded and looked completely different. I'm convinced the Cubs don't win that game without what happened during that rain delay. And I've got to go back to something you said. It's sort of a confirmation of a couple of things. Joe's methodologies that allowed players to be empowered where you could step up and have a meeting like that without telling the manager, hey, this is what I want to do. Uh-huh. And the other thing is you've gone through your background to prepare for that moment, a guy who put winning above all else. That was true not just that night, but every night that you played baseball. So I have to remind people, and I remind you, Jason, this World Series, where you're known for it being the ultimate glue guy, began with you on the bench. <laughs> and if I believe, if I remember right, I think Joe talked to you before game one. Here you get to the World Series and you're not in the starting lineup. That to me is the ultimate glue guy who's going to look beyond whatever his situation is and say, how can we, what can I do to help us win, period? Do you remember the, the was there a conversation before game one? There, there was a conversation but I have to say, and and this is with over time and and more understanding, um, you know, since then, things are happening so fast out there, right? Um, the way you know a team, front office, you know, manager, coaching staff prepares for a game in a series, you know, all that stuff happens fast, you know, within itself. But when it's World Series and and you got all the things the Cubs had going on around it, you know, there wasn't much time for you know you know taking a you know, side conversation. Um, and I'm not talking about just with me, but, but anyone, you know, it was like, we, we got to get, you know, the guys that we got going, we got media, you got, you know, people asking you a billion questions on, you know, it's been 108 years, it's Cleveland, it's been whatever, you know, 85 years or whatever it was for them. Um, so our conversation before the game was, was pretty quick. And, you know, I believe that I should be playing, no doubt. And I feel like that's what every single baseball player um, has to have and better have in those moments. You better believe you need to be on the field. Um, but I knew what our group had. And, you know, I just wanted to hear, you know, what we got, you know, what 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 what, what they were thinking. So I just knew how to prepare. Um, was never looking for an answer on, hey, Jason, like, you know, well, we're going to get you in in the fifth inning. And, you know, we really think that I wasn't looking to be coddled. I just needed, you know, something. So I knew, like, well, let me have my mind right enough to do what I need to do to help this team win. Um, and, and that was that. So I had that conversation. You know, Joe, Joe spoke to me, you know, said that they believed that, you know, the guys we had, which we had some guys that had been there in 15 um, the year before already and contributed. And, and look, you got a 103-game, 103-win season in the regular season. Everyone contributes, right? It's, it's not just one group. So you really believe that anyone you put out there in the best matchup is, is going to work um, and, and going to do their job that night. But I knew what I had. I knew what I had to bring. And no, so I it, that that World Series started with me on the bench for three games in a row um, against right-handed pitching. And and that that was my beginning to my first World Series appearance. That is just so impressive that from that 
sitting against, as you said, right-handed pitching, not used to that, and being there in the crunch moment for your team, I mean, that that's the ultimate glue guy to me, Joe. Absolutely. Um, and that really, that just that um, sums it all up. Uh, that's why I really enjoyed my time with Jason so much. Uh, he was the kind of guy, and I've talked about this in the book, if I tell you the truth, you might not like me for a week or 10 days. If I lie to you, you're going to hate me forever. And so you just, you with guys like Jay, you, you never, you never want to dissemble. You never want to, you know, parse out the truth possibly in, in different ways. You just got to tell Jason exactly what's going on. And Jason, just like he described, uh, he needed to know that, and then he could prepare. He knows how to prepare for that night or that game. And that that is like, that is every manager's, every, uh, any kind of captain team, uh, coach, whatever head coach, that's the kind of guy you want. And, and everybody talks about being a team player. And this, this goes for coaches and managers too. We all talk about it, but then you actually got to live it and breathe it. And everything Jay just described right there indicates what we've been talking about to this point in this um, podcast. He is that guy. And it started when he was seven or eight years of age. And it was embedded in him to the point where he gets to the World Series and we ask him to not start or, you know, he's not going to be a starter for the first three games. And it cannot be handled any better to the point where he's possibly the most inspirational component of that team victory in 2016. This is Tom Verducci with Joe Madden, and you're listening to the Book of Joe podcast. And when we get back, we'll talk some more with Jason Hayward about what's next. Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's Full Regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melon. Melon Serum. This next generation serum has the power of Melon Leaf stem cell technology. It's Melon Leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty system for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Business. It's all the things that keep this world turning. And behind every one of these companies is a partner helping to keep it all moving. It's why the local flower shop and your favorite pizza joint, the startup and the stadium, hospitals and hotels, banks and restaurants nationwide all choose the advanced network, cybersecurity solutions, and round-the-clock trusted partnership from Comcast Business, the company that powers more businesses than anyone else. Comcast Business, powering possibilities. Restrictions apply. Call or visit ComcastBusiness.com to learn more. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Welcome back to the Book of Joe podcast. This is Tom Verducci with Joe Madden. And Jason, before we let you go, there's two things uh, we need you to do. Number one is give us an idea of what's ahead 
now for Jason Hayward. I know the Jason Hayward Baseball Academy is going to have pretty much a soft opening in the next month or two, uh, up and running full-time in 2023. Give us an idea of where you're at with that and especially your baseball career and, and what might be next for you. So I guess I'll, I'll lump the academy stuff in with off the field. Um, you know, first I'm going to be a dad. You know, we got a we got an eight month year old now, Messi. My wife and my wife V and I we're, we're doing that, and we we love having you know a, a bigger family strength in numbers. So that's that's been an amazing experience. Um, you know, if you got, I know Joe, you have kids, Tom. If you have kids like that's there's nothing better. But um, you know, going on to this academy, um, hoping to have construction done first week of January, so we can have this soft opening. Um, you know, and, and get that in before either before kids go back to school or, or right after um, to give them like a fun weekend uh, to pop their year off uh, in, in 2023. But then as far as baseball goes, man, I'm I'm looking to get with a team that's just trying to win a ring, you know, like obviously, you know, results, you know, we, we'd love to have them. Don't know how they're going to pan out, but I'm, I'm looking to play for a team that, you know, wants to give me an opportunity to join what they have going on and and put their best foot forward to try and win a ring and compete for that in 2023. After hearing all this and, and hearing an even deeper side of you, for me, um, have you even given consideration eventually after the playing days are done? Is, uh, what kind of um, employment would you like to get into at that point? Is it Would you like to stay in the game of baseball? Uh, is your academy that important that you're going to get still stay in baseball in another way? But as you're describing everything and after, as you've uh, talked about everything today, uh, pretty impressive, brother. Really impressive, your thoughts and, and where you've been going, uh, where, you've, where you've gotten to with all of this. So have you given any consideration to post-baseball playing, what you may want to do in those years to follow? No, I, I appreciate that, Joe. Um, I mean, of course, it's nice to have that constant and you know, wanting to have an obligation with the academy. Mm -hmm. um, but I do believe that if I do stay in baseball, then that's that's only going to be better for mm -hmm. the academy. Uh, you know, so many guys will come through Chicago throughout the year, of course, playing for the White Sox, playing playing for the Cubs and and other teams. So it'll be easy to network. Um, but I'm I'm not sure what what, what after playing side looks like. Uh, I would love to help a team compete. I would love to be able to shine light uh, to players on you know what it's like to come into this at a young as a young kid and and play in this profession um you know it's a job you know I, I think now it's really cool that the game is getting that much closer to young guys that are in high school and college uh it's a beautiful thing but I don't think they know that checking in every day is you're going into the training room getting your body right you're going into the cage getting loose and you know you're, you're punching the clock uh, you know, I, I want to shine light on that stuff, um, but also having so many perspectives on, you know, being a free agent at 26 years old, um, you know, playing for three historic franchises. Um, I, I think I have a lot to, you know, insight to give to guys like playing for the Cubs and, and us winning that World Series. You know, I said it in, uh, I guess you call it my, my exit press conference with the Cubbies earlier this year that, you know, winning is a, is a sacrifice and there's so much debt that, that you have to, to pay for what it takes to do that. And, you know, in, in everyone's world, you know, even watching, you know, our team, you know, over the years, you know, business wise, seeing players move on, seeing Joe move on, you, know, you hate to see it. 
you know, but I, I don't think people are prepared for like what it takes to win and then what it takes, you know, the aftermath of that. Like it's, it's not always easy, but you know, it's, it's that mentally taxing. There's that much dedication that there's that much time away from family. Um, so whatever I can do to find a role that fits me there, um, whether it's with one team or whether it's with, you know, a, a bunch of teams and a bunch of guys, I, I think that's, that's where I can help out a lot of guys. It's a beautiful thought. Well done. Well, you have so much to offer baseball, Jason, both on the amateur level and obviously still on the major league level. We wish you all the best. Um, the word winner certainly comes to mind when you hear the name Jason Hayward. That that will not change. The other thing I'd like you to do, we wanted to start a new segment here, Jason. We call it a reading from the Book of Joe. <laughs> I want you to pick a number between 1 and 368. That's how many pages we have in our book, the Book of Joe. Okay. Um, just randomly pick a number, and we'll go to a, a reading in the course of uh, that page, okay. which I think will give mm-hmm. fans an idea that this book has a lot in it. So your choice, your pick here, 1 to, to 368. I don't know if I'm first to pick a number. You are. I hope I am. You um, are. I want to know what's on page 108. Nice. Oh, that's a great call. Wow. Uh, see, he could have gone with this number, but Man. he chose 108. You Boy, see you talk about great leadoff hitters. That's, awesome. <laughs> that's right. I'm curious now, too. What's on 108, man? All right. It's the story of Mark McLemore. Ooh. Remember that one, Joe? Absolutely. You had it in the minor leagues. Yeah, absolutely. Jason, have you met have you met Mark? Jason, do you know Mark McLemore? I, I don't. I don't believe so. I don't believe so. Well, he's with the Texas Rangers right now, doing a lot of broadcasting. I had called him Fluff Hat Fluff when he was 17 years of age in Salem, Oregon. <laughs> had a great major league career. Really shined as a uh, like a utility guy. Like really a, a wonderful super utility guy. Mm-hmm. We still stay in touch when it when he laughs. He sounds like my brother Mark actually. <laughs> and we've always had this really strong connection. So anyway, this is good stuff. Go ahead, Tommy. Yeah, well, Mark, and I'm not sure if this ever happened with you, Jason, but he has like a lot of young players. He was homesick and wanted mm-hmm. to quit baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, he was probably what Joe, eighteen, nineteen, seventeen. He was 17, 17, 17, 18, Yeah, from San Diego. Yep. Wow. So here we go. Joe calls him into his room to convince him to stick around and and keep playing baseball. And what Joe had told him was that what he was missing was no longer there. And this is a quote from Joe. He conceded eventually that I was right. Going back home would have been the worst thing he could have possibly done, and he ended up having a great season. We win the Northwest League Championship with him playing second base and Kevin Davis playing shortstop, both 17, 18 years old at the most, and we beat the Medford A's, who were just chock full of college players at the time. Fluff goes on from there. He goes to the AA Texas League, gets hurt. We sent him to Anaheim to rehab at that time because everybody thought this guy is so important to the organization. It was one of the bigger mistakes the Angels made at that point and something I learned a great lesson from. So, Joe, you, you talked Mark into sticking around, but you made a great point that they brought him to Anaheim as a minor league player to rehab, and he kind mm-hmm. of got, I don't know, what do you call it, major league-itis? Yeah, got a little full of himself at that point. When he came back, he wasn't quite the same, and it took him some time to get over it. And, and you have to understand, this is a kid that I never thought that could happen with. Uh, Mark was one of the most humble, nice, fun, sincere young men uh, that you're ever going to want to meet. So if it could happen to him, it could happen to anybody. So the the moral of the story right there for me is he, he gets hurt in double A, should stay in double A and get treated like everybody else should have gotten treated at that point. Mm-hmm. It was not t- the time to accelerate anything for him because 
You don't know as a young person at 17 if he's able to handle that particular moment. He doesn't have the kind of cachet of experience that maybe even like Jason had starting at seven, eight years of age and moving all over the country and playing and winning 96 out of 100 games, whatever. So anyway, he came back. He was a different cat. And it really bummed me out for a long time. He eventually recovered, but it took him a while. It actually took him a while to get back to the point where he used to paint um, uh, an eye on his flap on his shoe. <laughs> At that time, he used to have flap like a flap. It was the eye of the tagger from the Rocky movies, right? Uh-huh. Before his at-bat, he'd go up to home plate. He'd reach down, look at the eye of the tagger, and put it back down because it was underneath. And then he'd, then he'd proceed to hit a line drive up the middle because he just wanted to have the eye of the tagger and everything that he did. I love the guy for that. But anyway, the moral of the story was that really uh, be careful because uh, you think some people may not change because you think they're, they got it wired and they're, they're so grounded and they're so well done in all different ways. And, and, and Mark taught me that that's not necessarily true. So it's not always, uh, you can't read the, the book by its cover sometimes. You can't judge it. And that's what I learned from that particular moment with Mark. That's awesome. Yeah, I'd love for you to meet him sometimes, Jay. Hey, you guys would really hit it off. Uh, he's a beautiful human being. We stay in touch. And um, yeah, that's just a typical example of what happened in the minor leagues. That was 1982 in Salem, Oregon, Salem, uh-huh. Oregon. And um, uh-huh. I could I could see him sitting in my room like it was yesterday. That's awesome. Um, could I just say mm-hmm. to that story, mm-hmm. and then I, I love that there's a book of these, that it's so hard to... You know, obviously, they always say the cliche hindsight 2020. Um, you know, everything's all trial and error, but it's so hard to, when, especially being a part of winning and wanting to develop people, um, to be in the moment and, and do everything quote unquote perfectly. You know, so I, I love that you have these experiences and you have a book of them to go back and say, well, you know, let me reflect on these a little bit and, and then share that because uh, it's so hard to do in the moment. And I, I do believe you need some time and separation to look back and, and dissect and, and see everything for its true value. 100%. Well said. 100%. Well, Jason, we can't thank you enough. This has just been fascinating. And I personally want to thank you for not just the way you've represented the Cubs and every team you played for in the major leagues, but especially giving back to this game and especially to underserved communities. I think that's the ultimate test of, of what it takes to be a winner is that you give back to this game and it's near and dear to my heart. I'm about this game of baseball with a small B, not necessarily major league baseball, but the game of baseball, maybe not future major leaguers at the Jason Hayward Academy. Maybe you'll have a couple, hopefully, Mm -hmm. but it's all the life lessons that you're teaching those kids that I think um, that that will be even bigger legacy than game seven. So thank you. Yeah. Same for me, Jay Ward. Thanks for coming on brother. And please best to be, and Messi, um, looking forward to seeing you guys again. I wish you nothing but the best of success this coming season. And, of course, with your endeavor with the Academy. I think that's awesome. And I'm really proud to call you a friend. No, th- thank you, guys. Uh, thank you both so much for having me on. Um, really appreciate, you know, you guys just taking the time and opening up a forum. You know, I think it's you know super hard to let people peek inside of, of our minds and, and the thoughts that we have and the things that we wish we could make right or, you know, things that we learn from as well in this. There's, there's a lot of accolades, no doubt, but uh, to be able to highlight the, the other things and, and bring it all full circle is amazing. And, uh, you know, lastly, this, this game's taken me so far, um, you know, around the world, you know, obviously different stadiums, clubhouses, you know, in front of different people, but these, uh, these baseball mind relationships are, are super awesome. So again, thanks for having me guys. Got it, Jay. Be well, brother. Thank you. Thank you. You too.
Joe, that was amazing. Uh, Jason Hayward, wow. I mean, you knew firsthand how impressive a person Jason is, but after listening to that, my question is, how does a major league organization not want to hire Jason Hayward to play, to be in the front office? I want him on my team, no matter what it is. Yeah, listen, I, we he and I were together for several years, but even this brief, what, 30 minutes of conversation, he revealed a greater depth to me than I ever, ever realized in the past. Uh, his words, uh, really well chosen. Uh, his descriptions, his accounts are out- outstanding. Um, his his heart's definitely in the right place, what he's looking forward to do. Uh, I love the way he speaks matter-of-factly. Jason's always, I felt, uh, he always thinks before he says something. He's always, he's really well thought out, and it really came through in this episode today also. Uh, it makes me, it makes me like him even more, uh, if that's even possible. But it, it also validates everything I thought about him, the, the, the great team player that he is, and he still is. And you're right, he's going to benefit some group this year, and uh, and it's a shame sometimes that we only consider batting average or OPS as the standard uh, to which or by which you're going to possibly sign somebody. Jay, Jay Ward plays the complete game. He's a, a complete game player. His defense is outstanding. His base running. And again, I could go, you know, the five tools, whatever you want to. But then he's got that sixth and seventh tool, his ability to relate to people in the clubhouse. And if you need a, a, a player or two actually mentored in the appropriate way, he is the guy you're looking for. When I was with the Rays, I thought, we got over the hump because we did sign Troy Percival and Cliff Floyd and uh, Eric Kinski, and he also mentioned Ski when he was in uh, Atlanta. These are the kind of players that got the t- t- 2008 race over the hump, and it was for a variety of different reasons and not just because of an OPS. Um, and, and again, I was, you asked the question. I was going to ask it the same thing. What's going to happen afterwards, and uh, what did he want to do this year? And again, I love this answer. So I, I, was, I was really impressed and uh, – even more impressed knowing him for so many years. I came away even greater, more greatly impressed by his answers and his thoughts today. Well, we've been talking a lot about glue guys on this podcast. And if you weren't sure what a glue guy is after listening to that podcast and listening to Jason Hayward, the ultimate glue guy, you know exactly what we are talking about. And I love the fact that in our first rendition of the reading from the book of Joe, he went to 108. Like you said, everything with a purpose right. that was right. spot on. Love it. It was. And I really, I was trying to think, what was his number? And uh, 22, I think, right? Yes. And I thought he, I thought he might've gone to 22, but he jumps right to the team number 108. Glue guy. Glue guy. Joe, you got something to take us home here? Yeah. I mean, one of my favorites, uh, I don't remember exactly where I read this, but, uh, and again, it comes down to the present tense and a lot of the stuff that Jay Wood was talking about it. But if we take care of the seconds, the minutes, hours, and days will take care of themselves. Stay in the present tense. Love it. We'll see you next time on the Book of Joe podcast. Later, my brother. Thank you. The Book of Joe podcast is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. 
That's betterhelp.com. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.